My beloved brethren and sisters, today I would like to speak about one of the most significant gifts given to the world in modern times. The gift I am thinking of is more important than the inventions that have come out of the industrial and technological revolutions. This is the gift of greater value to mankind than even the many wonderful advances we have seen in modern medicine. It is of greater worth to mankind than the development of flight or space travel. I speak of the gift of the Book of Mormon given to mankind 156 years ago. This gift was prepared by the hand of the Lord over a period of more than a thousand years, then hidden up by him so that it would so that it would be preserved up by him so it would be preserved in its purity for our generation. Perhaps there is nothing that testifies more clearly of the importance of this modern book of scripture than what the Lord himself has said about it. By his own mouth, he has borne witness, first, that it is true, second, that it contains the truth and his words. Third, that it was translated with power from on high. Fourth, that it contains the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Fifth, that it was given by inspiration and confirmed by the ministering of angels. Sixth, that it gives evidence that the Holy Scriptures are true. And seven, that those who receive it in faith shall receive eternal life. The second powerful testimony to the importance of the Book of Mormon is to note where the Lord placed it. It's coming forth in the timetable of the unfolding of the restoration. The only thing that preceded it was the first vision. In that marvelous manifestation, the prophet Joseph Smith learned the true nature of God and that God had a work for him to do. The coming forth of the Book of Mormon was the next thing to follow. Think of that in terms of what it implies. 
The coming forth of the Book of Mormon preceded the Restoration and the priesthood. It was published just a few days before the church was organized. The saints were given the Book of Mormon to read before they were given the revelations outlining such great doctrines as the three degrees of glory, celestial marriage, or work for the dead. It came before the priesthood quorums were organized. Doesn't this tell us something about how the Lord views this sacred work? Once we realize how the Lord feels about this book, it should not surprise us that he also gives us solemn warnings about how we receive it. After indicating that those who receive the book with faith, working righteousness, will receive a crown of eternal glory, the Lord follows with this warning. But those who harden their hearts in unbelief and reject it, it shall turn to their own condemnation. In 1829, the Lord warned the saints that they are not to trifle with sacred things. And yet many trifle with it, or in other words, take it lightly, treat it as though it is of little importance. In 1832, as some missionaries returned from their fields of labor, the Lord reproved them for treating the Book of Mormon lightly. As a result of that attitude, he said their minds had been darkened. Not only had treating the sacred book lightly brought a loss of light to themselves, it had also brought the whole church under condemnation, even all the children of Zion. And then the Lord said, and they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant, even the Book of Mormon. Has the fact that we have had the Book of Mormon with us for over a century and a half made it seem less significant to us today? Do we remember the New Covenant, even the Book of Mormon? In the Bible, we have the Old Testament and the New Testament. The word testament is the English rendition of the Greek word that can also be translated as covenant. In this, what the Lord meant, is this what the Lord meant when he called the Book of Mormon the New Covenant? 
It is indeed another testament of the witness of Jesus. This is one of the reasons why we have recently added the words, another testament of Jesus Christ to the title of the Book of Mormon. In the early, in the early days of the saints, they were rebuked for treating the Book of Mormon lightly. Are we under less condemnation today if we do the same? The Lord himself bears testimony that it is of eternal significance. Can a small number of us bring the whole church under condemnation because we trifle with sacred things? What will we say at the judgment when we stand before him and meet his probing gaze if we are among those described as forgetting the new covenant? There are three great reasons why Latter-day Saints should make the study of the Book of Mormon a lifetime pursuit. The first is that the Book of Mormon is the keystone of our religion. This was the Prophet Joseph Smith's statement. He testified that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth and the keystone of our religion. A keystone is the central stone in an arch it holds all the other stones in place, and if removed, the arch crumbles. There are three ways in which the Book of Mormon is the keystone of our religion. It is the keystone in the witness of Christ. It is the keystone of our doctrine. It is the keystone of our testimony. The Book of Mormon is the keystone in our witness of Jesus Christ, who is himself the cornerstone of everything we do. It bears witness of his reality with power and clarity. Unlike the Bible, which passed through generations of copyists translators, and corrupt religionists who tampered with the text. The Book of Mormon came from writer to reader in just one inspired step of translation. Therefore, its testimony of the Master is clear, undiluted, and full of power. But it does even more. Much of the Christian world today rejects the divinity of the Savior. This question, his miraculous birth, his perfect life, and the reality of his glorious resurrection. <clears throat> the Book of Mormon teaches in plain and unmistakable terms about the truth 
of all of those. It also provides the most complete explanation of the doctrine of the atonement. Truly, this divine, divinely inspired book is a keystone in bearing witness to the world that Jesus is the Christ. The Book of Mormon is also the keystone of the doctrine of the resurrection. As mentioned before, the Lord himself has stated that the Book of Mormon contains the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That does not mean it contains every teaching, every doctrine, ever revealed. Rather, it means that in the Book of Mormon, we will find the fullness of those doctrines required for our salvation. And they are taught plainly and simply so that even, even children can learn the ways of salvation and exaltation. The Book of Mormon offers so much that broadens our understanding of the doctrines of salvation. Without it, much of what is taught in other scriptures would not be nearly so plain and precious. Finally, the Book of Mormon is the keystone of testimony. Just as the arch crumbles if the keystone is removed, so does all the church stand or fall with the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. The enemies of the church understand this clearly. This is why they go to such great lengths to disprove the Book of Mormon. For if it can be discredited, the prophet Joseph Smith goes with it. So does the claim to priesthood keys and the revelations and the restored church. But in like manner, if the Book of Mormon is true and millions have so testified that they have the witness of the Spirit that it is indeed true, then one must accept the claims of the restoration and all that accompany it. Yes, my beloved brothers and sisters, the Book of Mormon is the keystone of our religion, the keystone of our testimony, the keystone of our doctrine, and the keystone of the witness of our Lord Jesus Christ. The second great reason why we must make the Book of Mormon a center focus of study is that it was written for our day. The Nephites never had the book, neither did the Lamanites of ancient times. It was meant for us. Mormon wrote near the end of the Nephite civilization, under the inspiration of God, who sees all things from the beginning, he abridged centuries of records, choosing the stories, speeches, and events 
that would be most helpful to us. Each of the major writers of the Book of Mormon testified that they wrote for future generations. Nephi said, the Lord God promised unto me that these things which I write shall be kept and preserved and handed down unto my seed from generation to generation. His brother Jacob, who succeeded him, wrote similar words. For Nephi said that the history of his people should be engraven upon his other plates and that I should preserve these plates and hand them down unto my seed from generation to generation. Enos and Jerome both indicated that they too were writing not for their own peoples, but for future generations. Mormon himself said, Yea, I speak unto you, ye remnant of the house of Israel, and Moroni, the last of the inspired writers, actually saw our day and time. Behold, he said, the Lord hath shown unto me great and marvelous things concerning that which must shortly come at that day when these things shall come forth unto you. Behold, I speak unto you as if ye were present, and yet ye are not. But behold, Jesus Christ hath shown you unto me, and I know your doing. If they saw our day and chose those things which would be of greatest worth unto us, is it not that how we should study the Book of Mormon? We should constantly ask ourselves, why did the Lord inspired Mormon or Moroni or Alma to include that in his record? What lesson can I learn from that to help me live in this day and age? And there is ample example after example of how that question will be answered. For example, in the Book of Mormon, we find a pattern for preparing for the second coming. A major portion of the book centers on the few decades just prior to Christ's coming to America. By careful study of that time and period, we can determine why some were destroyed in the terrible judgments that preceded the coming. And what brought others to stand at the temple in the land of Bountiful and thrust their hands into the wounds of his hands and feet? From the Book of Mormon, we learn how disciples of Christ lived in times of war. 
From the Book of Mormon, we see the evils of secret combinations portrayed in graphic and chilling reality. In the Book of Mormon, we find lessons for dealing with persecution and apostasy. We learn much about how to do missionary work. And more than elsewhere, we see the Book of Mormon, in the Book of Mormon, the dangers of materialism and setting our hearts on the things of the world. Can anyone doubt that this book was meant for us and that it is we, that in it we find great power, great comfort, and great protection? The third reason why the Book of Mormon is of such value to Latter-day Saints is given in the same statement by the Prophet Joseph Smith cited previously. He said, I told the brethren that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth and the keystone of our religion, and a man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. That is the third reason for studying the book. It helps us draw nearer to God. Is there not something deep in our hearts that longs to draw us nearer to God, to be more like Him in our daily walk and feel His presence with us constantly? If so, then the Book of Mormon will help us do so more than any other book. It is not just that the Book of Mormon teaches us truth, though it does that effectively. It is not just that the Book of Mormon bears testimony of Christ, though it does indeed do that. But there is something more. There is a power in the book which will benefit to flow into our lives. The monument you begin serious study of the book. You will find greater power to resist temptation. Testify of the blessings that can come to the lives of those who will read and study the Book of Mormon. He said, I feel certain that if our homes, parents, will read from the Book of Mormon prayerfully and regularly, both of them, themselves, and with their children, the spirit of that great book will come to permeate our homes and all who dwell therein. That's from Brother Romney, who celebrated his birthday two days ago. The spirit of reverence will increase mutual respect and consideration for each other will grow. The spirit of contention will depart. Parents will counsel their children in greater love and wisdom. Children will be more responsive and submissive to the counsel of their parents. 
righteousness will increase, faith, hope, and charity, the pure love of Christ will abound in our homes and lives, bringing in their wake peace, joy, and happiness." Unquote. These promises, increased love and harmony in the home, greater respect between parent and child, increased spirituality and righteousness. These are not idle promises, but exactly what the prophet Joseph Smith meant when he said the Book of Mormon will help us draw near to God. Brethren and sisters, I implore you with all my heart that you consider with great solemnity the importance of the Book of Mormon to you personally and to the Church collectively. Over ten years ago, I made the following statement regarding the Book of Mormon. Do eternal consequences rest upon our response to this book? Yes, either to our blessing or our condemnation. Every Latter-day Saint should make the study of this book a lifetime pursuit. Otherwise, he is placing his soul in jeopardy and neglecting that which could give spiritual and intellectual unity to his whole life. There is a difference between a convert who is built on the rock of Christ through the Book of Mormon and stays hold of that iron rod and one who is not. I reaffirm those words to you this day. Let us not remain under condemnation with its scourge and judgment by treating lightly this great and marvelous gift the Lord has given to us. Rather, let us win the promises associated with treasuring it up in our hearts. The Doctrine and Covenants, section 84, verses 54 to 58, we read, and your minds in times past have been darkened because of unbelief and because you have treated lightly the things you have received. Which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole Church under condemnation? And this condemnation resteth upon the children of Zion, even all and they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the New Covenant, even the Book of Mormon, and the former commandments which I have given them not only to say but to do according to that which I have written, that they might bring forth fruit, meat for their Father's kingdom. Otherwise, there remaineth a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon the children of Zion. Since last General Conference, I have received many letters from saints, both young and old, from all over the world, 
who have accepted the challenge to read and study the Book of Mormon. I have been thrilled by their accounts of how their lives have been changed and how they have drawn closer to the Lord as a result of this great commitment. These glorious testimonies have reaffirmed to my soul the words of the Prophet Joseph Smith that the Book of Mormon is truly the keystone of our religion and that a man and woman will get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. This is my prayer, that the Book of Mormon may become the keystone of our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.